0: Uh, well, it looks like we got four of us, so uh, did anyone actually read the book and finish it? I started it, but I didn't finish it.
1: I started it, I got up, I, two things. I started it pretty late. Um, I just meant to start it earlier, but I procrastinated a little bit and uh, started it late. And uh, then I had a bit of trouble getting into it. So when I did start it, I I didn't really keep on it. That much. So I got up to page 50, and uh, that's where I am currently. And I don't know if I'm going to finish it or not.
2: I gave up on it. Uh, it's it's the the style is too lofty or something. And Evan's right. You just can't get into it. Uh, it's it's uh, pretty reading, but it doesn't. Tell a story, or, or I don't know. I I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it.
1: I keep wondering how much shorter the book would be if I deleted every occurrence of the fields we know.
2: There is that, unfortunately, I don't think it would make a great deal more sense even if you did.
0: Yeah, I I liked the language. I mean, I thought the descriptions were really poetic, but I, I don't know. It was it was a good like little fairy tale, but I couldn't get into it. Yet. I think I made it to like page 115 or something, but the characters didn't seem all that deep or really that interesting, and so I stopped reading it. I
2: don't know if it was that they weren't deep. It was just that none of their motives none of, you you couldn't get to their motives you couldn't i mean the king this parliament tells the king go we want to be ruled by a by a magical being and so he says okay he tells his son go marry
0: the, the fairy princess and then he goes there and she goes off with him i mean it didn't work and all the characters seem really selfish um at least to me or maybe self-absorbed i mean the prince wanted or the you know the, the prince who became the king Wanted her to do things his way, and then she wanted to do things her way, and then she wanted to go back home, and the the Elfland King just wanted his daughter back, and the their little boy, Orion, didn't really uh, seem to be interested in ruling the kingdom, just in hunting, so, I don't know. Well, Lord
2: Dunsany is a, a well-known name in fantasy, so we can all say we've read something of him. I don't know if any of you read by anything by Patricia McAlpin. I started trying to read something, Sky or something like that, by her, and she was almost as hard to follow.
0: Oh, no. I've heard she's supposed to be really good, but I haven't tried her stuff either.
2: Maybe I just got a bad book. She has a it's very, very lofty kind of poetic style that's just beautiful, but you don't quite know what her characters are doing. It
3: sounds like you all decided to read a book that uh, that that was not was not the right kind of thing. I, I'm afraid I did not read the book. Um, I had other things going on in my life, and I just didn't. So, but I'm very glad to be here. And uh, but I do understand the the uh, the objection to the poetic language. It's a very nice thing when you want to you know, recreate an epic in epic language but um, not if you, if you want to read for pleasure it's, um, it's more of a literary exercise, I think um, sort of like trying to read the Silmarillion um, or the, the um, oh you know, that other stuff by Tolkien that isn't the, uh, the Lord of the Rings um, that he deliberately chose to craft in that particular way because it it uh, it mimicked the um, you know the the sagas and so forth but um, it doesn't sound like it's anything i want to read
1: well i like the Still Marillion, but i read it after i'd read the lord of the rings quite a few times so i wanted to know what the history of you know the legends of middle earth was but um, but that's a different circumstance. I mean, um, The Lord of the Rings itself has quite a lot of poetry and some fairly high language, but it has depth, and at least the characters are better drawn. I mean, I know people make fun of Tolkien's characters to some extent, but uh, nevertheless, I mean, there's depth and there's history and there's, you know, there's all kinds of things in there. Uh, this story, the characters do things, but... Uh, We don't know why they do them, or they just sort of just, you know, it's kind of like some fan fiction I've been reading lately, where, you know, you have a series of incidents um, that are described, but you don't really have any backstory, and you don't really have any motivation, and you don't really know why they're doing what they're doing. There's no context, you know, there's no, you know, by the way, this is because of what happened at this time, or you know what I'm saying.
2: Some of that comes, I think, from people taking their games and turning their games into uh, trying to make a story out of a game. Actually, Silmarillion, yes, it was lofty language, and you didn't really get into the place and the people the way you did the Lord of the Rings series, but it made sense. The characters and the what they did, there was a prog- there was a time progression. I was gripe about needing my feet on the ground, and in the Silmarillion, for all the lo- lofty language, you still knew where you were standing at at any point in the book.
1: I gotta say though, I kind of liked the scene with the forging of the magic sword. That was, you know, I I, I enjoyed that a bit. I kind of like that kind of high sorcery type thing.
0: Yeah, that was well done. I like that too. And I also liked um, how they described. Uh, elf land, like how it was more vivid and more, just more, I guess, um, and how we were kind of, or, or the, the human lands are kind of an inspiration of that, but not quite as good. I thought that was a good description.
2: Well, his descriptions were good. His, his, you know, he described things so that in that instant it was very vivid and very pretty, but, um, it was you know and how he had the the in-between lands the twilight lands or whatever they called them that went through one thing to another but you never knew how long anybody'd been gone and nobody was ever affected by time it just uh, the the magical parts were real i guess the human
3: parts weren't maybe that was what is about this that that puzzled me now that's interesting um that's that's really interesting lana that you say the magical parts were were um okay, but the human parts weren't, and who was it? I think I was reading something about C.S. Lewis at one point, and I forget the guy who wrote this whole thing on the the Narnia series, but he stressed the fact that one of the things that makes the Narnia books so good is that the human element is there, that everything is is grounded in reality. I mean, when the people eat stuff, they they uh, you know they eat real things that you you know that you can understand and that you can sort of taste and and so forth and so on. And, Email and they act in human ways, even though they're surrounded by magic and and so forth. It's the it's the grounding of the the human. Within the magical framework that um, that makes the fantasy book what it is, and you know, if this guy, you know, whatever his name is, um, didn't do that, then he failed in, in his mission as a fantasy author. I mean, you know, because you've got to have both elements, because otherwise the tale doesn't uh, it doesn't scan, it doesn't it doesn't fly. It can go the other way, too. I've read
2: fantasies where the magic was so taken for granted. It was so a part of every day that there was no wonder in it. There was no magical quality, and that's one of the things Tolkien does well, and and C.S. Lewis does it well, and several other people do it well, and I've seen uh, books that were, uh, you know, epic fantasies, and people were riding around a uni- on unicorns, or there'd be a dragon somewhere, and it was just taken so for granted, and and it it, it worked in the sense that for that world th- these things were normal, but it didn't work for me because I part of the reasons I read fantasy is I'm still looking for a little bit of wonder.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you on that, and I think the. Um the elves were, or Elfland was so mysterious and so obviously beyond the human's understanding. But I also found the, the characters just as mysterious because they, I'm, I'm used to reading books where you get into the character's head and then you understand why they act the way they do. But in this book it was the opposite. The characters were defined by their actions instead of their actions being a result of who they were. So it was completely the opposite and it was just, I didn't really care if the character succeeded or not and I I mean, they were just annoying to me.
2: Well, not only were they defined by their actions, but sometimes their actions didn't make any sense.
0: Exactly. And, I mean, the the Alvaric, I think his name was, when he went and got the, the princess, and she just left right away. I mean, she didn't really, you know, think about missing her father or missing her friends. She wasn't upset that the guards had been killed. She's just like, okay, I'll leave with you. And then they get back there. He goes on this quest for her, and then he gets mad because she won't convert to his religion and he gets angry with her about that and it just seems unrealistic uh, from a psychological point of view that they would act that way
2: the sad thing is that it could have been done so that they did uh, particularly about the religious conflict. That could have been a novel in itself. And I think probably that those have been written. But his coming to Elfland and, and wooing her and so on, I don't think it was ever said that he loved her or she loved him. She just went with him, you know, duh. And everybody ex- knew that time would have passed when they came back, and that was okay, nothing changed. Uh, maybe it's that the uh, fields we know were not the fields we know. It was not the real world. There was nothing real
1: about it. Well, it's interesting that you should mention the magic being more real and the the um, ordinary being less real, because if you read that little preface he had at the beginning, where he hoped that people wouldn't be scared off by the you know the um, evocation of a strange land in the title, because uh, most of the chapters are about ordinary. In an ordinary English village in a common, va- whatever. And, uh, you know, so uh, if by, um, um, if you're, from your perspective, he failed utterly because he didn't convey what he wanted and he did the opposite of what he wanted, it would seem.
2: I think a lot of it had to do with his style, and this was probably written, what, in the 20s? In the, in the first written in the twenties, and maybe that was the style of fantasy back then. You know, Tolkien hadn't written the Bible yet on how to write fantasy, and C.S. Lewis hadn't written the Bible yet on how to write fantasy. But um, no, the English village was not real.
1: I wasn't really. I mean, as soon as I read that, I wasn't. I didn't feel the book was going to be very promising because um, I'm kind of with you on this, Lana. I I don't want to read the ordinary in my books. If I want to read the ordinary in my books, I'll go find a book about people going to the store to get a loaf of bread.
2: Yay, I agree with you. I live in the reality. I don't want to spend my spare time there. Are we there?
0: I'm still here. I just don't really have anything else to say. I didn't didn't even make it through half the book, (laughs) and I've already said the problems that I've had with it.
2: Have we torn up Lord Dunsany sufficient to get haunted by all the fantasy critics who think he is so great? Shall we talk about what we're going to read next week or any other books anybody has read during this period that they enjoyed?
1: Yeah, Neil Gaiman said this was the real deal. So you are going against the, you know, the god of fantasy here.
0: Some of his books are a little strange, too. Um, Although I... It might just be the wording or, or the humor in it, but I sometimes have a problem with some of the the British uh, stuff. Although one of his is really good, actually. I was going to bring this up. Um, we had talked about reading Good Omens last year, and then we tried to, and it was really horrible um, quality. And I checked, and it's back up again, and it looks to be better. So do we want to try that for April's read? That would be fine with me. I've read it um, a couple of times, and I actually like it. Uh, I don't know if that's... <laughs> a recommendation in you guys' book or not, but um, I have read it before, and it is not written in flowery language, and it definitely uh, gets you right into the book, so that won't be a problem like it was with this one.
1: Well, I had an idea, because I saw the first book in the Bulgariat on BARD, just showed up on BARD a couple weeks ago, and uh, I was planning to read that again, because I haven't read those for 20 years or... I'm not sure when they came out, but it's been a long time, and I was kind of in the mood to read, to start that again. But, uh, so, I mean, uh, I don't know if you guys would be interested in that or not, but that, I haven't read anything that I've read before recently, and I'm in the mood to read something, you know, to revisit something.
2: I'd really prefer to read something on Bard anyway. Uh, I never could get into the Bulgaria. Back in the 80s or 90s, when they were coming out with some talking books, and part of that was I had limited read time because I was gone the 11, 11 and a half hours a day at work and stuff. So I really had to. It had to grab me up front, or I was. It was on its way back. So that I would be, I would be interested, particularly starting in the beginning. You know, talking books used to send you books. In the middle, you get book number five, and then book number three, and then book number
3: eight. You know, so it might be interesting to start book one. Well, I've got no objection. I've been reading, uh, rereading stuff for a while now, um, because of, as I say, things that are going on in my life, which I hope are going to be settled up and, and, um, you know, better. I'm, I'm better now, but uh, I just went through uh, surgery this week, and so I've been reading, you know, old favorites, nothing that I had to think about. So, but unfortunately, I haven't been reading fantasy. I've been reading science fiction, and <laughs> but in any case, um, I would not object to reading Pawn of Prophecy again. I'll go either way. I'm. I'll be flexible. So, what what was the other book called? Uh,
0: it's called Good Omens by um, Neil Gaiman. It's about um, angel and uh, demon. Um, that and then there's a a, a baby that's born um, that's supposed to be you know the the Antichrist or whatever you want to call it and it's basically the two of them joining forces to try and prevent that from happening or to you know prevent the the little boy from becoming an evil devil child uh, because they like earth the way it is um, and there are lots of uh, supporting characters um, that make it really interesting and I'm not religious and I didn't find the book preachy or anything so it's not heavy-handed with that but i've also read pawn of prophecy so i'd be up for reading that again um whatever you guys want to do i'm going to read uh good omens anyway and i've got a month so i can easily fit pawn of prophecy in there
1: good omen it sounds like omen the movie doesn't it it's
0: not um the movie the the kid is, is a kid i think he's like 11 during most of the book um i thought omen was about an adult but i don't think it's it's No relation to the
1: movie. Well, I I can go either way. I mean, it sounds like it might be a good read. I read one of his books before, actually, in the previous incarnation of the club. When, um, man, what was his name? Something weird. Vapor Blood. Whatever. Man, I know I'm mangling his name. But anyway, um, when he was doing it, we read Stardust by Neil Gaiman, and, and that was not bad. It was pretty good, actually. So uh, so I have good uh, memories of him, so I, I can go with this one.
2: Well, one thing about it, we, we had intentions of reading it one other time. It would be kind of nice to close the circle on that.
0: Well, does anyone have a strong preference either way? Because it sounds like most of us are kind of either or, really.
1: No, I can go with it. I, I can go with the good omens. Um, then maybe we can do... Uh, Upon a Prophecy in April, if people still want to do it then, if they haven't already read it by then.
0: We read it. That was a good book. That works for me, though.
2: Well, that might be kind of a nice contrast, because we were all lost in the fairy world, this one, and then Good Omens would be sort of the, the, the modern uh, urban fantasy, more of that hard reality kind of thing, and then we'll go drifting off to Belgariad again. So they, the back and forth of it might contrast better with uh, Good Omens in between the two.
0: Okie Dokie. I will uh, email the list and let them know that we are reading Good Omens.
1: Yeah, but we did a good fantasy by David Weather a couple months ago. He's he's good at he's good at fantasy.
3: And I hope you are. I mean, did they get it all? Yes. And I didn't know if, uh, Weber wrote fantasy, huh? Oh, well, be dipped in vinegar. Um, what book was it? I'll go back and read it.
1: It's a trilogy. I told you about it before, but you forgot it's the Bazell Trilogy the first book is called Oath of Swords the second book is called The War God's Own and the third book is called Rider's Oath Bazell B-A-H-Z-E-L-L and they are good books
2: and they're all on bard and they're I think quite well read
3: alright well I will I will uh, put them on the TBR list um I'm sorry, I've been in and out on this particular book club um I've been trying to <laughs> I've, I, if if I were to read all the books for all the book clubs um I would I, I would have like about six books that I would have to read every Michael month Chandler has just signed in. Oh hush um, but um, in any case, I will keep that under advisement. Bazelon trilogy, Oath of Swords. I saw that um, because I happened to um, download book three of the Honor Harrington series uh, yesterday, and I saw it there. So, excuse <sighs> me, but uh, I will—I will I'll
2: definitely do something about that. Has anybody read anything else this month in the fantasy area that jumps out and says, oh, I've got to recommend this?
0: Not really. I got some Lois mcmaster Bujold bo- uh, books, um, but those are mostly science fiction. Um, actually, I did want to ask you, Anne, um, really quickly off topic, what is the first book in the Honor Harrington series? Because I tried it a while ago, uh, and I couldn't really get into it, um, so I wanted to reread that.
3: The first book in the Honor Harrington series is On Basilisk Station. And don't ask me exactly how to spell Basilisk. I think it's B-A-S-I-L-E-S-Q-U-E, but I could be wrong. But anyway, it's on Basilisk Station.
0: Okay, thanks. I will definitely check that out.
3: Well, you you don't really have to spell it. If you
2: get the list of books that are available, either Bookshare or Bard by uh, by, uh, David Wimmer, it'll... I mean, how could it be anything other than what it is?
0: I need to get a bard player. I'm supposed to be on the list, but I don't have one, and everyone keeps talking about it, and I really want to get one now. You don't have a, you don't have a stream? No, I just have a book port that someone actually gave to me, um, and my laptop, which is what I read you know, the bookshare books on, but that's it. You
2: definitely need uh, a stream or a book sense or the bard player because you... It's so great to just download a talking book when you want to read it. You don't have to wait to get it. You just download it.
1: Yeah, I love it. especially when I got one of these 16-gigabyte cards. I've got like 45 books from Bard on it. I can just carry them around in my pocket. I have always have a few books going at one time, and I can just, you know, read whatever I want, wherever I want. It's great.
2: Do you use the stream or the... Uh, or the, um Book Sense or or
3: one of Which which device do you use?
1: Oh, I have a Book Sense.
3: I have a Stream and I have the um, the NLS player and I use both interchangeably, um, and I love the new NLS players. I gotta say, I mean, they're they're really cool. Um, I love my Stream too, but uh, and I am so thrilled with the the explosion of. Books that are available. I mean, it is just totally wonderful. It's just, it's a continual wonder and delight uh, to me. It really is. Um, I, I, you know, I know that sounds really weird, but um, having grown up in a household where there were print books in every room in the house, including the bathroom. And then and not being able to read them, and, um, you know, and then, then being able to now read as many books and magazines and, and stuff like that that I want, even newspapers. I mean, it's just it's incredible, absolutely incredible.
2: I have to add. I have to agree to that. I mean, in the 70s, I can remember, remember, especially when I moved out on my own. I'd come home Friday night from work, and I didn't have much else place else to go on the weekend, and I wouldn't have any books, and I'd be crawling up the walls. And you you went through the catalog and you checked everything that might be good, whether you thought it would really be good or not, because you never knew when you were going to get it. And you you didn't you know if you even if you didn't like it you read it because you didn't know when you'd get another one. It was just and you. I remember going to science fiction conventions and hearing the first chapter of all these people's books and never getting to read the rest of it. Just used to drive me up a wall. And this between bookshare and BARD and even Audible, even though you know that costs some money, it's still an available source. And there aren't these little cassette tapes that are abridged so you hardly know what's going on it's just
3: I agree with you it, it, it is a whole different world for us well the thing is Lana that um, uh, you know the, the even and even the explosion in books that are available audio books that are available uh, just in your public library is astonishing because uh, in fact I have a sighted friend now get this, she told me the other day, oh, I don't bother reading anything anymore, I'm too lazy, I just go and get the audiobooks. I love them, she says, and I'm going, wow. <laughs> and, you know, there are a lot of people like that who, who love the audio books, and the, the explosion of audio books is absolutely amazing. It really is. Well,
2: it's so nice. You can you can plan while you're commuting. A lot of people commute uh, and, and play their books on their, in their car, the CDs in their car or the iPods or whatever in the car. And you can plan while you're waiting in a waiting room. And and um, uh, you can do it, like I've been talking to people in my Embroider's Guild, you know, you can stitch and read at the same time. You know, put on a book and
1: stitch. Those NLS players, though, um, they're really impressive. I mean, they're solidly built. Got really nice battery life, like 29 hours or something. Mine says the the sound is great, Uh, you know, and they're I mean they're really well built and well designed. I think. I mean they don't look like really cheap like the old tape players did. Um, Very nice.
0: How many books can you put on an NLS player, typically?
3: Well, that depends on what medium you are using to play your books. Um, If you mean one of those uh, blank cartridges, if you have a one gigabyte cartridge, and that's a thousand megs, okay, and if you figure that an, uh, an average NLS book An average Bard book is between 80 and 200 megs, depending on how long it is. And there's about uh, 11 megs per hour of playing time. So uh, you can get, oh, I'd say between 5 and and 8 or 5 and 10 books on a 1 gigabyte cartridge. Now, of course, if you have a thumb drive that has 4 gigs or 8 gigs or whatever the heck, you can get more books. But you figure 1 gigabyte is 1,000 megs. So you just add up, you know, however many books you have. And so, I don't know, I'd say between 5 and 8 books, depending on how long they are.
0: That's cool. I was worried it was just one book at a time. Um, do you have to get your own memory cards, or does it come with one, and then you can get other ones if you want? Well, the library,
3: the, you know, your regional library will send you books on cartridges. But they're kind of in short supply. And so they insist that you read them as fast as you can and get them back because, you know, other people want to read them, and so they're, they're um, and the selection It's not as large as is currently on the BARD site. So it really would be better for you if you could download from the BARD site and put the stuff on a thumb drive or on a blank cartridge because you'd get more more variety. Um, The numbers of NLS books that are on the new cartridges is increasing daily but it's not going very fast. And so if you want to get the books you really want to get, um, the best way to do it is to download them. Now, if I understand, you download
2: them and you have to put them on that cartridge. You can't put an SD card in the, in the uh, you can't use an SD card with, that, with the uh, NLS player.
1: Uh actually yeah you can. There's a USB port on the side. Now not everything works with it, but Roger Bailey says that he has a Kingston Traveler, I think that's a thumb drive, that's a 16 GB thumb drive, uh which he has hooked up to his and I've heard other people are able to hook up SD card readers to theirs and use them as external, you know, book storage units. So, you can do it, but it's a hit or miss thing. They don't all work with it.
2: Of course, you could always store the books on your computer and move them onto the cartridge as needed. You could use your computer or even use an s d card and and uh an s d card on your in your book sense and and run that through your computer as it as a drive and ha- have it as one drive, I suppose, in the cartridge as another drive on your computer and transfer it to
3: from the e to the f or something. I don't know. Could you do that? Well, that's what I do all the time. I use my computer for storage, and then I put the books on the cartridges that I want to read at any given time. And then I just delete them as I go, and then just put more books on. And, you know, that's, that's the way I like to operate, but that doesn't mean that you have to. But you, could, you can certainly do that. And I have uh, one gigabyte cartridges. I have two of them here and um so you know i just load up three or four books on each cartridge and and uh, read them as i go and and then just swap them out and uh you know uh put put uh put more books from the computer on you know it's very simple you just uh unzip the the zip files uh i keep mine on the computer in the zip files because that way they're easier to track, easier to keep that way, I think, but that's me. And then you just unzip them to the, uh, to the cartridge, and it's it's very simple to do it that way. Now, you can't buy these cartridges
2: commercially where you could get like a 4 or 8 or 16-gig cartridge, can you?
3: Not yet. They do have them at APH and at, um, uh, what do you call it, Perkins School. Um, They have them in both places. They have the 2 gigabyte cartridges now, um, and I think they're $11. And you have to have a cable to connect the cartridge to the computer. But that's only $3, so you figure if you spend uh, $14, um, you know, for a cartridge and a cable, you've got it made. Uh, What I did was I bought two cartridges and a cable. So I ended up spending, I don't know, $20 or some odd, $25. Um, and then I, I, well, I bought mine from uh, ILA when they were selling them. They're not selling them anymore, so I had to pay shipping. But, um, yeah, I mean, for a, for a reasonable amount of money, you can get two cartridges and a cable, and there you go. Is this a
2: regular USB cable? Because I think we all probably have regular USB cables. And as far as the expense of the cartridge, uh, when you compare it to a, uh, what you pay for, net, of course, sometimes you can get real good deals on SD cards prowling around on the web. But, uh, you know, you could buy several cartridges for probably what you'd spend for an SD card. Yeah, you
3: could. Um, well, if you can find a cable that is, it has a regular female USB end on one end, and the other end is a regular male um, USB cable so that if you put the two ends together, they would fit together like a snake eating its tail. Um, That's the kind of cable that you need for the the cartridges because you put the female end in the cartridge and... um, the male end goes in your computer and it's not the same one as the long cable for the, the short cable for the stream because that one has a mini USB connector on the one end instead of a regular one but you need a regular regular uh, USB connection
2: I've never seen a USB connection that had a regular size cable on each end I suppose I suppose you get them well
3: there's the there's the mini jack that that, that goes into the stream Okay, that's, that's the mini-USB connector that goes into the stream. The regular um, male connector is the one that goes into your computer, you know, the regular port on your computer. So um, it would look like the connector on the long cable, um, but it would have the female end on the other end. So it's it's a... Well, it's a cable with a male and a female end, if that makes any sense. Well, the minis
2: are kind of male and female too, but I gather from what you're saying that the the cord you're talking about, the the little what would be the mini on the cable for the stream, is actually would actually be the same size as the I get which is male and which is female mixed up, but they'd both be the same. Diameter or not diameter, the same dimensions. It would be the larger size rather than the mini at the at the far end.
1: Well, what, what about this book port? I've heard of it, but I'm not familiar with it. Is that you can't put SD cards in that? How do you get books on it or anything? You
0: can put SD cards on it, and I mean it might play Bard books, but I think it, it was older than that because um, someone gave it to me, um, and she had it for a couple years. And when she bought it, it was from an auction, and it was I think. Older even then, um, but I mean you can you know transfer audible I mean um, audiobooks to it or you can transfer text files uh, and it reads it, but it doesn't have a very good synthesized voice. And I've heard samples of the Victor Stream voices too, and those aren't really any better. Um, but I mean it's really tiny, so I like it a lot. Um, and I I mean it's I it came with a uh, one I think it's a one gig uh, memory card, so. I mean, I get a decent amount on there.
2: The uh, old Bookport is great for actually, I like its voice better than the Victor Stream voice, but you always had to have an earphone in or an extended speaker. It didn't have its own internal speaker, and you have to use a CF card. You don't use an SD card with it. You had to use a CF card, at least the one I had. But they were good, solid. You know, they were kind of the pioneer, kind of like the Braille and Speak was the pioneer to all our note takers. They, the, they were the kind of pioneer, and, and, and I, I always liked their reading voice, and I liked the navigation on them. I liked everything about them, because you always had to plug something into it. I
0: think they actually came out with a new book port just recently, uh, maybe in the past two or three months because it was right after I got mine, so I I did notice it um, but I haven't checked it out because it's three hundred plus dollars and I don't really have that kind of money to throw right now, so I just didn't even bother tempting myself with it.
3: Yeah, they they did. In fact, they did a a presentation on it. Um, Accessible World uh, did a presentation on it just recently and um, I, I think it was Larry Lewis. Yeah, Larry Lewis did a presentation and uh, you may want to save up your money if you like the Bookport, because the, in fact, they may they may give you a trade-in. You might call them and find out, um, because the Bookport Plus is support uh, is supports the NLS books, the Bard books. So you may want to um, check that out because uh, it, it does indeed support the NLS um, barred books. So um, it just was, able, I think it was like last week, last Monday, or last Sunday, or something like that. I forget, but it's been very recent. It does use an
2: SD card, um, and it um, but you have to have a program installed in your computer to run it. I think it must like must be like the old bookport where you had to you couldn't just there there's something in the in the discussion, and I don't remember it was, but I remember thinking, oh that's a whole lot more complicated to get that on the machine than I can do with my stream or my book sense i I'm yet to be convinced that the um the new book port is better than if you have that kind of money. The stream's been around a lot longer, and so people have had chance to work out the, the bugs on it. Uh, I like the vo- voice synthesizer in the book sense better, but it's a, it's a little bit touchier machine. You have to keep a safety pin handy to reset it every so often. But... Uh, I, if I had that kind of money, I'd look at those. If you hadn't had either one, I'd look at those two a little bit for, before and then listen to other people comment about the new book port. As much as I love the old book port, I'm a little wary on the new one.
0: That's uh, something to think about, though. Thanks, um, Anne and Lana, too. Um, I installed it, came with some software, the old book port, and it was really easy to install. I mean, I didn't have any problems with it, so hopefully uh, the new book port isn't quite as bad. But if I can get a trade in and only pay, you know half the cost uh, then it's definitely worth it because um, you know the victor streams are more i think they're like 400 dollars or something so.
1: yeah see if you can use sd cards you can get a much better deal on storage because uh i got 16 gb sd cards on amazon for like 33 dollars, which is like eight times as much storage as one of those 2gb cartridges so you know if you want to carry around a lot of books and of course, you know, you can carry around music and other stuff if you had a, I don't know, uh, if you had a stream or a book sense, or a book port, I, I think it'll support music also, I don't remember, but um, it's just, uh, you know, a better deal if you can get, you know, SD cards rather than uh, those cartridges.
2: I'm pretty sure the Bookport uses SD cards. The thing is, if you whichever one you get, if you have a high memory card, you've got to make sure you can get a, a device, and I think they all do now, that supports uh, multiple subheadings, because you're going to go crazy. Um, and they didn't say on the new Bookport how many subheadings you can get. But, I mean, if I didn't have it, even... The, even on an 8-gig an card, if I didn't have stuff broken down into headings, into categories, and even subcategories within those headings, you know, what do you do? How do you find number 25 now on the stream? You can go to book 25, let's say. But on the book sense, you can't jump to a book, which um, I think is too bad. I've got to wade through one by one to the book I want unless I have them categorized in about five or six categories. And so being able, when you're start shopping for one, of, and I didn't think the stream was 400. That must have gone way up since I got mine. But um, when you're shopping, you want to make sure that you can have two or three levels of subheadings to, to classify your books in, or you'll go crazy finding one.
1: Now, you can jump five or ten books at a time with a BookSense, I think. Actually, I don't remember for sure if it made it into the new firmware, but you're supposed to be able to jump. You're supposed to be able to put in the number of the file you want and jump to it but I have to look that up and see if they if they because they were talking about doing that but, but you can definitely go five or ten books at a time or 10 items in whatever folder you're in at a time using the four and the five keys when you're in the file menu.
3: I really have to read my manual, don't I because I didn't know that. Okay, so are we reading plot of prophecy or are we reading uh, good omens?
2: I think we're reading Good Omens and then Pawn of Prophecy next time.
1: That's my understanding. Yep,
0: mine too. Uh, so I will get that out, um, that we're doing Good Omens for April and Pawn of Prophecy for May. Um, and I guess we are done here. Thanks again, you guys, for all of your info on the Bard players and the Bookport and the other, um, the Victor Stream and stuff. And I hope that your recovery continues to go well, Ian.